Hello and welcome to BakaCast for the fifth week of the summer 2017 anime season. I'm your host Dustin and with me today is Ben. Yo. Larry. Uh, hi. And my erstwhile solitary companion Aaron, who I just saw booted up FF14. I can see you on Steam, dude. <laughs> I know you're fishing, aren't you? <laughs> no, Just no, be I, fi- Are you I got fishing? my fish. I got my fisherman to seventy. I'm working on a uh, botanist now. I gotta go oh, okay, chop right. trees down. You're chopping trees down. Okay, great. It's for the cool. greater good. Wait, 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 awesome. Wait, wait. Is this chopping down trees like I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay? That kind of Fine, sure. Just just ignore this important podcast to me, so you can deforest a virtual world. Look, man. No matter how many times I chop the trees, they regrow in like twenty seconds. <laughs> That's true. The trees never go away. Why don't they ever go away? Uh, and I'm paying attention anyway. to your dumb podcast. It's gonna, <laughs> okay, be, great. it's gonna be one of those nights. I can see it now. As always, you can find show notes at www.projecttarahi.net and also www.audioentropy.net. Sorry, .com. How many times that, have you done that now? You, you dot oops. Uh... Look, it, it's dot we oops. just need, we just need, I just need to get a top level domain for bakacast.moe that redirects randomly to either Project Haruhi or Audio Entropy. Dot moe, dot moe. Now you're saying my favorite word there. Exactly. Vodkacast, gotta do vodkacast dot moe. Anyway. Hi folks, it's gonna be one of those nights. Let's talk about My Hero Academy, episode 30. That's a thing that happened with a lot of people getting stabbed in a whole bunch of places. Yeah, it's, uh, they... <laughs> yeah, they, they're, that's their, their final confrontation with Stain uh, finishes up there. Yeah, but and, they don't finish him off. Well, yeah, what happens is is that, you know, like, they capture him, he escapes, and he actually, he actually saves them. Uh, he actually saves them from one of the uh, Nomus. And then, oh yeah, and then yeah. he because and then he because he admires out. Deku's heroic spirit so much. Oh god, he's like, yes, this is. This is the because like Stain's whole thing. It's I know like it's super corny, but his whole thing is not that he's a hero killer because he believes there are too many heroes out there who are not true heroes. They do not have the true hero spirit, and they must be cleansed from the world. Which uh, is sure. why his name is Stain, because okay. he believes that there are too many heroes that are a stain upon the world. He doesn't actually but, say this. This is me just interpreting. Because, you know what, though? On, you're, pro- you're probably right, and that makes it I even mean, more annoying. I mean, look, the show is, like, I love this show a lot. It's not subtle at all. No. Um, but, yeah, so he admires Deku's fighting spirit as a true hero who actually deserves the title of hero. And so he uh, saves Deku's life. Uh, but not before, like... Uh, Endeavor appears and just sets his face on fire. Well, <laughs> you know, every once in a while your afternoon just gets ruined, and his afternoon got ruined. 
Endeavor sets a lot of things on fire in this episode. There's a lot of fire going on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I well. I didn't see any marshmallows, though. That's his thing. Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of the only thing he knows. It's uh, doing a lot of fire and also punching people good. I, I Those are it, Endeavor's two talents. I, I guess if there's disco moves that going in the background, his would be hot, 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 hot stuff. Because... Yeah. Because he certainly doesn't have any skill as a father. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he kind of failed parentalness 101 through 265. But yeah, so aside from that, like a, a lot of this episode is mostly taken up by sort of the, the end fight scene. The ending of the fight scene with Stain, uh, where Todoroki and Deku and Ida all sort of team up to punch him in the face. And then, like, put him on ice. Ooh, I like so, that. Like, yeah. yeah, so, like, Deku and Ida do a rad team attack uh, where they both, like, hit each side of his face at the well, same time, well, which has to hurt a lot. Well, no, actually, said... well actually, what happened was is that one of them hit him in the face and the other one kicked him in the ribs. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, Ida That's got That's how the ribs. rib got broke. Oh yeah, right. Because that's how he. Yeah, uh, that's how he became immobilized at the end. Is his he, yeah. he took a deep breath and punctured himself with his own rib. Yeah, because he like takes off his mask, and then there's this like scene where he's w- walking toward pe- everybody, and he's got like this crazy aura going on that makes literally every hero in the vicinity like freak the heck out uh and even endeavor and gran torino um where he's talking about how like you know the the only the one person he wants to fight is of course all might uh and that's at the point where like the he's got a punctured rib and that's when he passes out um and this episode was yeah look i don't know how you would just pass out standing up from a punctured rib from a, from a rib puncturing your lung i figured you'd like he tasted know, his own blood die oh he tasted his own blood he froze he himself he paralyzed himself he okay. froze himself that's <laughs> i'm not sure if that's more or less dumb <laughs> well I had to watch that scene about three times till I finally figured out what everybody was waving their hands about. Yeah, because like... cause I kept trying to figure out if like they were trying to imply that he had simply like been paralyzed or if he was dead, because I couldn't tell which was which. Um, but yeah. yeah, so this episode was largely pretty good. Um Stain's motivation is I'm iffy on it. A little questionable, um, yeah. Partly because I feel like it props up Deku in a way that Deku alone doesn't necessarily deserve. Um, I like Deku a lot. I like <clears throat> how much of a precious boy he is. But... I don't care for this whole thing that Stain's doing where it's like, oh, Deku is the only true hero. It's like, no, not not really. Because, like, Deku has his own sort of 
well, kind of selfish reasons for wanting to be a hero as well. Like, his whole thing is that he wants to be admired by people the same way that All Might is. Um, like... The teaming up for battle thing, isn't that part of the uh, all-for-one and one-for-all that we're going to find out about later? Uh, well, okay, uh, no, okay, the, yeah, yeah, all-for-one is, uh, yeah, well, all-for-one has, uh, not shown up yet. Okay. Uh, he's been, uh, he's been off, he's been off stage. Uh, basically, uh, you know, basically, uh, backing up, uh, uh, backing up, uh, uh, Shigaraki and his okay. crew. Alright, so, um, I'm, I'm guessing at straws here, and they look pretty good, so I thought I'd grab a couple more and see what happened. Um, now, well, the thing about Stain, I think, I mean, like, Stain has, like, he has very exacting standards for like, like, what how a hero is supposed like how a hero is supposed to be. Yeah, and like very few of the like currently existing heroes measure up to that standard. But the thing Except is, for... is that he, is the thing about that is that he holds himself. He holds himself to a certain standard as well. So even though he. So even though he captured, like he he grabbed Deku, uh, you know he didn't he didn't use him as a hostage, even though he could have. Yeah, and I like again my issue is I don't have a huge issue with Stain's character. Um, I do appreciate that he's not a villain like the Decay guy is a villain. Like he actually specifically works against the Decay guy because like he doesn't like him either. Um, so I appreciate that Stain has his own motivations. Um, I'm just worried. I'm just like a little nervous about the uh, how this motivation is being set up because it feels right now like um, Deku is being propped up in a way that he hasn't necessarily earned yet. Um, like even even compared to the other cast, uh, but. Granted, that's sort of just a... That's me just being concerned about sort of how this arc plays out and not necessarily with how it already has played out so far. Uh, um, well, this arc's basically done. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, because um, they, like, they've captured... Yeah, I mean, they've captured Stain. And... Because... Uh, In that case, like... Hmm, I don't know, that's... Kind of anticlimactic, honestly. Well, okay. Well, the main thing about the main thing, the main like thing about this arc uh, was that it was mainly it was mainly about Ida and his uh, and took and uh, his journey as a hero, as well as uh, you know, as well as also showing uh, also showing uh, like how. Uh, Deku and Todoroki have advanced. <laughs> but, like, Ida has, like, Ida is the one with, like, the main, with the big, uh, you know, character arc in which he, you know, comes to a realization about himself. 
Yeah. Oops. Yeah, so I don't know, like it was it was a perfectly fine episode. I I definitely give it a four. That's all the further um, I've gone with it. I know, it it just felt weird because it you're right, it did feel like it was supposed to be an Ida focused arc. And like he certainly did get um like he certainly did get a lot of focus leading up to it and he did have like the whole realization thing. Um but also it felt like I don't know, it felt weird to have Stain so focused on Deku during a arc that was ostensibly belonged to Ida. Uh he wasn't really that focused on Deku. I mean he sorta he had some respect for him. I mean, but like for most of the like for most of the past couple episodes he was trying to kill Ida. And Deku was Deku and Todoroki were getting in the way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I I guess I don't know. I just don't find Stain all that interesting. Like he's got a cool power set, um, and I like his style, but I don't really care for him that much as a character. Like he's all right, um, but. I'm 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 kind of ready to move on to a different villain. Well, you're gonna have that chance because uh, uh, good, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I'm ready to uh, hear more from uh, the female members of the cast too. Yeah, I that's that's another thing is that also during this arc there was like the female characters just got kicked to the curb. They just Pretty don't much. exist anymore for this arc. Yeah, pretty much Which so. Which is also <laughs> very frustrating. Highly. What's this? A shonen series not having a good and, yeah, female? Yeah, I know. Like, that's sort of a thing with shonen shows. But for, like, until now, um, My Hero Academy has actually been pretty good about uh, treating its female characters with an equal level of respect. Even if the focus is largely on Todoroki and Deku uh uraraka and sue and uh even the more sort of minor female characters they always got like a, a decent amount of focus and they got to go do cool stuff but like ever since the back half of the tournament arc it's just been the deku todoroki and ida show with special guest star bakugo and yeah. To the point where like two of the female characters um including one of my favorite ones like, they're not even doing any superheroics. They're just, like, hanging around a, another superhero who's only doing modeling shoots. And it's like, really, guys? Yeah, okay, I'm glad to see I wasn't the only one who noticed well, that. I thought that was sort of amusing. Because... It's funny as, like, a one-off gag for, like, oh, here's what we're doing as our first day on the job. But, like, well, that's literally all they've been shown to be doing since then. And it's it sucks. Like, well, yeah. that's one way to put it. Yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully it'll change. Let's let's work. Yeah, on that. I I am hopeful that it improves soon, um, because I miss I especially miss Uraraka and Sue a lot. Uh, they brought a lot of uh, they brought a lot of good things to the show. Um, but you know, also if My Hero Academy uh, would you know pretend that Mineta doesn't exist anymore, that'd be pretty cool too. 
yeah, well, they if, pretty much if did. they could just, if they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, great. I I love that this arc basically threw Mineta in the trash and was like, I'm sorry, uh, who's that? Yeah, <laughs> which one is that? Uh, he's the guy. The with guy the with the balls. purple balls on his head. Yeah, the the perv, the you know oh, the designated okay. anime perv. Yeah. Who really at like. If you look, I know no anime directors listen to this show. Like <laughs> I know that, but if in the unlikely event that you are and you are considering making or adapting a show that has a perv character in its cast, I want you to consider instead burning that character in the trash and then never thinking about them again. <laughs> Thank you. That is that is my earnest plea. Anyway, <laughs> All right, I, <laughs> moving on. I thought this episode. I like this episode a whole lot, and I'm giving it a five. Well, good for you. <laughs> I like how I like how Larry can be sin- totally sincere, but sound extremely sarcastic. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little passive aggressive there, Larry. Well, I guess if you like it. Hey, it's called spend four hours in the dentist chair. Okay? Okay. (laughs) Larry just does not care anymore. Um, Uh, Moving on to... Moving on to Vahasol, episode 17. Okay, so the way way you're going to keep the king in line is the girlfriend's got to keep him in line. This this is going to be good. I want to see how this works out. On the one hand, I like the idea of the king kind of wanting to be a better person and struggling with how to make that happen and like wanting to be a better person for the girl he's found himself falling falling in love with. But at the same time, it feels super weird for this guy to have like literally zero issues committing genocide and then go around like kicking a soccer ball with some demons and going like oh how woe is me and it's like it's it's kind of it's like Uh, please fall on your sword in another scene like it doesn't feel earned at this point i really I really want I really want them to earn it because that would be such a great character moment, but there's there's been too much progress too fast for him, I think. He vacillates too wildly between absolutely horrible person and kindly boyfriend. Well, he, he vacillates too much between the king and Chris. Yeah, it's just such a huge difference in character that it, it feels like two completely different people. Um, and it just feels weird. Uh, yeah. Yes. So it, I don't know, it, it makes the whole conflict that he's feeling just make not a whole lot of sense. Cause I'm like, okay, well, if, if you're feeling this conflict, then where was it during literally every other scene you were in, you know, beside, like before the show decides you, you know, focus on your relationship with Nina. Like, the very first time this happens was when he decides to let Nina transform. And I remember even calling it out as, like, that's a fascinating decision, and I wonder how, like, they're 
he's going to explain it. And uh, then it turns out like, oh, no, he's just like anime bipolar or something. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on with him. Like, I, I'd be okay with it if there was some sort of through line to his character motivation that would cause him to take contradictory actions. But I don't know what his actual motivation is. Yeah, well, yeah, they're they're being very coy about his endgame. Uh. Yeah, and, like, I get that to start out with, but I think at this point it's just hindering my understanding and, like, symp- sympathy for the character. I think they've dragged it out a little too long at this point. Well, I guess what got me is his thing where he was talking to Nina going, well, you know, my life was fine until you showed up. You know, I didn't have any problems with stuff. And then you showed up. It's like, well, okay, fine. Then start dealing with your problems or she can go away. I mean, even that line, like, that's actually, like, a good line. But the issue with it, as before, is that I don't feel it's reflected in, say, the first season of the show when, like, he initially met her and they were hanging out. Uh, I don't think that struggle was, like, effectively communicated there. So again, like, they're, they're trying to do all this character reveal, but they don't, they don't have a foundation to build it upon. They're kind of just, like, sticking it there and hoping, hoping it works. Yeah, they're, they're oh, like, synthetic tension, but there's no tension, but there's tension, but, yeah, no. Make up well, well, okay. It, I mean, his. I think what's uh, the thing about his character, at least as we've seen so far, is that he doesn't consider demons to be real people. Uh, I mean, so then why is he bothering kicking a soccer ball with him? Eh. Yeah, that's. See, I, I understand. Like what, it, like no, if, I if he legit, yeah. Go ahead, Larry. I understand what Ben's saying, but, you know, they're showing me that, oh, yeah, he could be warm, kind, loving, and compassionate in the next breath. You know, I mean, this is the biggest off-on switch I've ever seen, okay? That's, uh, yeah. And, like, again, like, it would even make sense for me if he was, like, really nice, loving, compassionate with, like, humans, and other people who looked like humans, but just straight up didn't consider, like, demons to qualify for that. Because, like, that's literally how racists, racists, racists act. Like, a lot of racists, they aren't, they aren't, like, completely horrible people. They are often, if, if you, if you know, if you are a white person, they're probably very nice to you and, like, very, you know, got that southern charm going on. Um, but when you start getting them to talk about black people, that's when it all goes down south. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> well, pardon the well, pun. Well said. Pun though. not intended. But well said. Uh, well said. But yeah, so like, like terrible racists, racists can absolutely be wonderful people to interact with in the correct context. Um, so even if they try to do that dichotomy with them, that would actually be really good because it would be very accurate to how racism can actually work in real life. But that's 
kind of not what they're doing. It's not like he's super nice to most people and then just struggles to, and then just doesn't consider demons to be like human beings worthy of any thought. Because again, during this episode, like he very freely, you know, kicks a soccer ball with them and empathizes with them and has fun with them. Well, and actually, Which, like, when, the, when their skull gets broken, he actually makes them a new ball. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... And it's like, and okay. it's like, what is happening here? So how do you actually feel towards demons? Like, what is your issue? Um, I think what they're getting at it... I think what they're getting at this point is that... Uh, is that he has some endgame in mind that he's not ready to talk about and that he is willing to sacrifice any and all demons in order to achieve this end game. Um, oh. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. It seems they're trying, they're trying to build towards kind of a, like a, I guess a self-sacrifice redemption arc for him. And I don't quite buy it. Yeah. Because then they have to be, because at that point they have to be like, oh no, this guy was being racist for reasons. That's like, no, actually, that's still pretty repugnant. And if they just try and do it that way, rather than him just like growing out of his racism, then I'm not really going to have any sympathy for him. Like... Well, Especially given the context that America exists in right now, I don't have a lot of sympathy for racists. <laughs> okay, now, <laughs> let, let's slide off that subject for a moment, and I have yeah. to give honorable mention. Rita Demon, be cute. Yes. <laughs> God. Oh. Rita has an interesting idea of what demons dress like in their day-to-day. It's it's like half demon, half like member of AKB forty eight. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, like... and, and when she dolled up when she dolled up Nina, I mean, you know, she did a good job of, of transforming Nina into an acceptable looking demon until Nina yeah. blew her cover. Nina is the worst at any sort of deception. No. Um but now she can transform. Also, at will. desecrates gravestones. Uh, and now she can transform at will. Yeah. Um, also, Favreau uh, crafted uh, Kaiser another hand, which may or may not explode. We're still the jury's out on that. <laughs> yeah. Do you see the look on Kaiser's face when yeah. he says, "Well, maybe, huh?" Yeah. Yeah. I like how Kaiser asks him, "So, will this one explode?" And Favreau just dodges the question and says, well, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's good. And like, yeah, so I, I went hard on the, my issues with the prince because it's, I always nitpick heavily the shows I most love yes. because I want them to be as good and as perfect as possible. Um, and I do still love Baja Soul a lot. It's still a very enjoyable show. The characters are still fantastic. I just 
wish deeply in the bottom of my virgin soul that um (laughs) that the prince that the prince's character arc wasn't handled uh, quite so clumsily as it has been um because everything everything else surrounding it has been extremely good Like even like even Magro's heel turn, kinda, has I think been earned and fairly good. Well, we've got like what nine episodes? No, eight of six, six, something like that. Yeah, somewhere uh, in that neighborhood. Some amount of episodes. Le- less than a hundred, but more than two. <laughs> I think it's going to be it's seven or seven or eight episodes. Yeah, it's probably going to be seven or eight. It'll probably end on twenty four or twenty five. In fact, I'm going to go check right now. Well, this is seventeen or twenty four. Because I'm sure that like Wikipedia or something. Oh yeah, twenty twenty four episodes. So it's got seven more to go. Yeah. So my seven my seven was in the ballpark. I just uh, yeah. I, I didn't get my yeah. socks off fast enough to get the toes included. Though honestly, like if if uh, if his plan all along was to uh, make a weapon strong enough to kill Bahamut and then bring Amira back, then all is forgiven. <laughs> yeah, but what unless he's going to transpose? Trans- I'm just saying, guys. <laughs> well, unless he's going to you know somehow uh, turn Nina into. Amira, then that could work. But yeah, I I like the the last thing there where Nina's going. I can transform at will now. Oh, all it took was a kiss. I want yeah, I want Amira to come back and then have an eating competition with Nina. Okay, I'm for that. I I can get onto that train real quick. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> please. Directors of bah- Rage of Bahamut, please listen to me. <laughs> I, I could get on I will, real quick. I will bring the money in an unmarked paper bag. With with, uh, um, with Bacchus supplying the drinks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, All right, yeah. I give this episode a I give this episode a four. Yeah, yeah I give it a four. Uh huh. Let's talk about Fate Apocrypha episode five. Hey, Mordred was in this episode. Yeah, briefly. In the <laughs> For background. about three seconds. Yeah, it's like... So, thankfully, the, the next episode uh, proves... There's uh, some indication that we will get some actual more Mordred action because they're going to be going after Jack the Ripper. Um, but yeah, she was mostly absent for this episode as we got... This episode was basically entirely people being jerks about the the homunculus and then john and then joan of arc having to go please don't be a jerk to the homunculus or i will beat all of you up <laughs> yes including you vlad the impaler aka dracula i know what you, what's up with you <laughs> uh okay another joan of arc sure why not yeah, I'm, look, Japan loves Joan of Arc, man. I don't know I, why. I don't need, just uh, anime uh, cannot get enough Joan of Arcs. Uh, okay, um, I just I hadn't watched the franchise when you mentioned the name. I was just making sure you didn't get your character. Nope, your characters aren't mixed up at all. I'll be quiet. Nope, 
And as with all adaptations of Joan of Arc, she is blonde with huge titties. Um, but yeah, so this episode of Fate Apocrypha just felt a lot like spinning its wheels, to be perfectly honest. Um, there were some okay character moments. Like, I appreciated any moment with, oh god, what's his name? Ryder? Ryder of the... Uh, Black team, I think, is the ones that are the regal assholes. Chiron, I think. His uh, name is. Chiron is. Oh the, no, Chiron is the archer of. Uh, the uh, the writer. Oh, writer is Astolfo. The writer is Astolfo. Uh, Astolfo, right? Yeah, Astolfo. There were some good Astolfo moments, um, I- including even the the moment where he gets like pinned to a dungeon wall by through his hands by like. A magic spike and it's like geez lady well considering he kind of committed treason i mean on the one of... hand oh on the one hand like technically but also this show seems to be very much going out of its way to show basically every everyone on this is the black team right yes yeah. Okay. To show everyone that basically everyone on the black team who isn't Frankenstein's master as a complete jerk. Uh, the the just, lady in the wheelchair isn't a jerk. I mean, not now. But <laughs> well, how do you know that the guy's not going to be a jerk later? But there, because there have been way more hints in the beginning that his sister is definitely in it to win it. Well, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's how that's how magic works in Fate. You gotta be in it to win it, or you're just not gonna cut it as a mage. Look, I know that, but also, I'm just saying that I feel like that that sister will absolutely shank her brother if she needs to. Well, that is yeah, the impression I have already... been given by this show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what she said to to Kyron in the first place. She's like, yeah. you know that you're going to have to fight your brother eventually. He's like, yeah, and I can beat him. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like the brother, who is also the most milquetoast and uh, boring of the characters on the team, is also maybe the, is also possibly uh, the only character who's not a jerk. <laughs> but also, who knows? He could be a secret jerk as well. We don't know. That'd but be ba- great. He's just like a jerk. raging psychopath. The point is, basically the only sympathetic character uh, characters in this show are the homunculus, most See. of the servants, and Mordred's master. <laughs> and that's it. But yeah, so that this episode was mostly just further convincing me that uh, the servants are the are the real victims in all of this. <laughs> that's uh, like my... that's pretty typical of fate. Cause, yeah, uh... yeah, but at least in most other fate shows, you know, like there were several good guy characters. Like you know, Fate Zero had uh, Kyrie. Kinda, though he did a, though he did have his uh, friend assassinate that one dude. That was um, great. <laughs> then he's, there was he's a, a major killer for a reason. Yeah. Then there was like Berserker's master. 
and uh, I'm sure there were like a couple others, but man, I'm forgetting <laughs> a lot about Fate Zero. And Waver. That was a while ago, okay? Give me a break. Can't forget, oh yeah, Waver, Waver. Waver. How did I forget about Waver? He was great. Waver was a good boy. Um, and then in Fate Stay Night, you had uh, um, Shiro and Rin and Irish Veal. Irish Veal. So not, not Irish Veal, Ilya. Sorry. Yes. So yeah, like, I don't know. Whereas in this show, you've got like one master who's not. <laughs> uh, and even then, like, he's a necromancer who does shady stuff like turn wizards' hearts into bombs. So even then. It'd be fun. He's, he's kind of in that gray area. Look, man, he'd be a real boring necromancer otherwise. True. Uh, look, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and just imagine he only turns bad wizards' hearts into shrapnel grenades. <laughs> I, I'd like to imagine that there's he like only a murder. He only recycles the evil wizards. <laughs> wait, like there's like a sign-up, like an organ donor card when you sign up for the Mages Association? Yeah, it's like you give, you give necromancers permission to use your corpse for their weapons. That that actually sounds reasonable. Okay. Yeah, that actually sounds like something that would exist in the Fate universe. Anyway, so I'm not talking a whole lot about the actual details of this episode because there was almost nothing worth talking about. To be very yeah, honest, yeah, not I'm, a lot. Not a lot really happened in this episode. I give it a two. I give it a three. It, oh. it, it's partially redeemed by Jean going like, no, I'm not going to join you. And also, just so you know, I could beat all of you senseless if I wanted to. Which is hilarious because she'd get her ass kicked. What? She'd That's get her BS. ass kicked. That's BS. <laughs> there was like six servants, dude. But they, she's, they even said in the show that she's got that special power that is like a command seal that she can just use. Yeah, they're still gonna kick her ass before she can do much with it. Anyway, what's even the point, point of having a ruler class if they can't beat all of the servants at once? You'll understand later. All right. But and there's yeah, also anyway. the complication of her not being a, a full servant with her having oh, possessed the girl. Right. She she's a demi servant technically, right? Something like that. But yeah. Anyway. Um, I like how she I like how she mentions that where she's like, "Yeah, I borrowed a body." Yeah, <laughs> and it's but like thankfully this... there was someone pious enough. Yeah, it's like, oh, don't worry, her body won't be harmed no matter how how beaten up I get or how murdered I get. <laughs> She'll be fine. <laughs> it's like that's good to know. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to Hell Girl Yoi Notogi episode three. Which, man, so I praised the previous two episodes of this show for having, like, you know, genuinely fascinating and down-to-earth and, like, really grounded uh, conflicts between the characters that, like, really hit me. Whereas this one is the most over-the-top, like, conflict imaginable. Where, like, all of, basically all of the evil characters are just 
on the ver- like if they had mustaches, they would be twirling them constantly. Especially the cousin. Yeah, especially the cousin who is like he's he's almost not even a person. He's just like chaos personified <laughs> and super rapey. And it's just like guys you could be subtle. In fact, please be subtle. I liked you better when you were subtle. Like, this does nothing for me other than make me roll my eyes and go, really? Yes, it's like, please, Hellgirl, kill all these people. Yeah, yeah, like, the great thing about the previous two episodes were, like, there was actually a legitimate conflict about, like, you know, is it worth it? Whereas here, from pretty much the moment you meet the cousin and he starts doing his thing, it's like, yeah, no, absolutely, it is 100% worth it. Like, no question. Uh, And, like, to top it all off, you have the just completely insane, like, kind of twist ending where the the two boys who sell their souls... Uh, to do away with uh, uh, the cousin and one of the other family members, like they become serial murderers. Well, the <laughs> like girl Dexter that, style. The girl that they had was one of the girls that was bullying the guy. Yeah, yeah. So, like again, they they become like quote unquote vigilante serial killers. <laughs> it's like because you know our souls are already going to hell. And on the one hand, it's actually a cool idea. It would actually be kind of a cool idea to explore the idea, like, have an episode start with the punishment happening immediately and, like, them pulling the string. And then have the rest of the episode deal with the fact that they now know that their soul is damned. That would be a cool character study, actually. I'm pretty sure they've that already is not done this. an episode like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, the, the ending of... Something like that. Yeah, but the ending of this episode is not that kind of cool character study. It's just... It's... Eh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything in this episode that was like, oh, that's real neat. Yeah, I, I give it a one. It was just so absurd. Also, there was no uh, Kikuri. Uh, yeah, there was no execution scene other than them well, just there, being suffocated or, or yeah, there was her. an execution scene, but honestly, like compared to the first execution scene, this one seemed downright tame, especially considering what they did. Like I was expecting something really brutal for the cousin. Yeah, it. I don't. I don't know. Like, like it kind of felt like they got off easy. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, this this was just not a good episode. Uh, yeah, it was uh, mostly unpleasant to watch. I think on purpose. Um, yeah, but not in a way that makes me like reflect on the nature of humanity. But more in a way that makes me go like, I don't want to watch this. Never experienced. I thought. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought. It was, like, it was, like, 
okay, but uh, not really good. Because, like, The Wire, there's a show that makes me feel bad a lot, but also it, it, it like, does so with a purpose and makes me, like, consider the, the machinations of society and the way it presses down on people. Whereas this is just, like, here's a bunch of torture porn. <laughs> well, not torture porn. It's, it's not, not, like, Saw or anything, but it's, like... Here's a bunch of bad stuff happening to cardboard cutouts. I'll give the episode. Um, I'll give the episode a two. Yeah. No, All I, right. I agree with Dustin's one. Yeah, I mean, like, I I can see the two, um, but yeah, I, I'm just a little more harsh. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to Princess Principal episode four. Yay! Uh, which was a lot more entertaining entertaining though i do want to start with a slight nitpick in that i would like to see dorothy start contributing a little more to the heists than just like flashing her boobs at people (laughs) i actually kind of like that (laughs) because it's happened like three times now and like i get that that's like she is the seductress character that's kind of her specialty but also like i'd i'd like to see her get a little bit uh more in on the action scenes and oh well, she's know, also uh, the driver she's uh, yeah and... i'd like her i'd like to see her get in like a car chase that would be fun well, well they did that in the first episode i know but i'd like to see more of it okay like well okay her main thing is that she's the planner that's uh she's also the go between between uh the uh, head of the outfit and the rest of them. That's why she gets told little things like don't trust the princess. Yeah, I, I guess my thing is that I, I wish she'd be given more opportunities to like be badass uh, like what Ange is given. Like Ange constantly gets to be like ass-kicking badass number one. Um, whereas like Dorothy, like a lot of her stuff is very much background support element stuff and she doesn't often get to like have a spotlight when a lot of the other characters do so it'd be kind of nice to see like i don't know uh, like a, a, a cool car chase again or maybe a plan goes really wrong and dorothy has to like do a do a plan on the fly and help bring everyone together again and like again this is a nitpick here uh, it's, it's not something that's ruining the show for me or anything it's just <laughs> Dorothy is kind of my favorite character, uh, so I would like to actually, see her get the spotlight occasionally. I actually really like the scene where they're trying to infiltrate, and there's one guy in front of the door, and she's just like, well, it's my turn. Yeah, it's like, I know what I gotta do. Boom. Um, Y'all stand back. Well, Also, Bita wasn't incredibly annoying in this episode. Yeah. I she love when they were... I love when they were walking down the the like uh minecart tracks and she still had the other voice on and andrew's like please switch your voice it's creepy yeah yeah. Yeah, she's talking all cutesy yeah (laughs) that was a very good joke yeah and also later in the in the car sequence where she's yelling in, in angie's ear and she just reaches back and turns her voice off yep She's got an off switch. This is a good very nice. Okay. She's got an off switch. This is a good thing. Okay, the main thing I'm curious about is like like alright, so like the plot the heist plot of this the heist plot of this episode 
is they're trying to steal this uh, cav- this uh, cave right gadget. Uh, I'm curious as to how this one that they're stealing is different from the gadget that Ange has. Not at all. I, it, I mean, it may just be that, like, their country has the caverite, like, sort of uh, invented it first. Uh-huh. Um, and they don't want the other country to get a hold of the te- technology. Kind of like how back at, back when World War II ended, the United States had an atomic bomb. And we really didn't want the Russians to get a hold of one, too. But, you know, they eventually did. But we tried as hard as we could to make sure we had the only <clears throat> atomic bombs for as long as possible. Okay. So that that's how I interpret it. That's how I interpret you're, 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 it. You're, that, that's close enough, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Also, okay. I like Chise. She's yeah. amusing. Yeah, yeah, tiny lolly swordsman. The, 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 no, tiny lolly ninja. Yeah, ninja, ninja slash samurai. I'm not sure which. She kind of switches between the two at will. Um, she's, she's a multifaceted blade person. Yes. Uh, but yeah, she she's pretty good. I, I like how she interacts with Ange and is generally like, like Ange is. It's it's interesting because they have fairly similar character types, but they're just different enough. Because like Ange is very like to the point, but also has kind of like an aloofness and a bit of a sarcastic edge to her occasionally. Whereas Ninja Lady is just she's very. Sorry. Chise is just like very proper and like all business. <laughs> yeah. And like if you are goofing off, she is not taking it. <laughs> yeah, like the like in the first episode when uh I think they were changing or something, Dorothy's like, "Yeah, I got a letter." It was like uh, <laughs> and she and Chise was just like, "Was it a duel?" Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And then in this episode, she uh, tries to do the uh, the onomancy thing, and then you get this scene. Oh yeah, yeah. How do I count the strokes of the letters in your alphabet? Yeah, that was super good. Yeah, she's just like, wait a minute, this isn't gonna work. It's like, yeah, that's not how English works. <laughs> <laughs> I have made a mistake. But yeah, she's she's actually surprisingly good. Um, which, you know, you can say about a lot of things in, in Princess Principle is like, wow, this is surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah like, when we're reading the description, it's just like, oh, this is going to be real dumb. It's like, no, it's yeah. actually really good. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, the th- one of the things, one of my nitpicks is uh, the fact that Dorothy and Beto do not cover their faces. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're just, like, out there. I mean, maybe in Dorothy's case, like, she doesn't need to because no one is ever looking at her face. I don't know. (laughs) Like, that's kind of her whole point is that, like, you don't look at the face. Look at the chest. Just always look at the chest. Um, Because that's where the seduction happens. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's anime. Yeah. But, yeah, the princess, I I like how the princess's servant uh, voice box yeah. yeah, Beatrice. Like her idea of disguise is like slightly raising her scarf above her mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. good enough. They'll never know who I am. It's right. like, like guys, at least put on like a domino mask or something. Yeah. Also, where where does Ange store the damn uh, top hat and clothes? Uh, That's a good, good question. She's good. 
That's uh, the same, the same like ether space that all JRPG protagonists store their like ninety nine mega elixirs and seventy large swords. I don't know. I don't. I don't ask questions. I don't ask questions about Princess Principal. But yeah, this this was a good episode. It was. It fun. had everything. I, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was. It was very enjoyable. I'll go to five. Five. Yes. It, it was yeah. fun. I liked it. Also, we get the opening where they're training Chisei and Beto. Oh yeah. Also, they finally come up with a team name: White Pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's not gray. Um, and then oh, and then I already showed you the uh, the spinning Beto yes. webm. Oh yeah, which is adorable. Uh huh. Like oh, I don't right. know where to go. <laughs> Follow somebody quick, please. Hurry. This week. Let Let's move on to Made in Abyss episode four. Surprising. Uh. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I liked. <laughs> I did really like the scene where. Oh, why can't I ever remember? I'm so bad at character names. I'm just the worst at character names. The blonde uh, girl. Rico. Yes. Rico. When Rico gets super excited about the magical compass relic. Yeah. Uh, and then just loses it in a waterfall. Yep. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it's, it's fine. Come. It's easy okay. Yeah, it's like, well, come. fine. They're. There are a lot of relics. We'll find another one, I'm sure. <laughs> easy come, easy go. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and they, they just like evade the spider by grappling onto it and then just going down the cliff. Using it as an anchor. I like that part. Yeah. Uh, Riku ma- uh, Rico makes some very suspicious looking fish soup. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like... Oh wait, it's actually surprisingly edible. <laughs> yeah. Also, we learn uh, that um, uh, is he a white whistle or a black black Wh- whistle? I can't black remember. Black whistle. Yeah, uh, the black uh, the their big black whistle uh, buddy. Uh, Habo. Uh, who, who Habo, who knew uh, Rico's uh, mother, is shockingly fast for his size. Yes. It's felty but adept. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it's not just about speed. It's also about uh, using uh, ability to use the terrain. Yeah. Although, <laughs> yeah, we we, although uh, we also learn about himself. another character down there who uh, I, I assume is like foreshadowing of like they're gonna try and meet up with that character, the one who helped uh, bring Rico back up to the surface. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Right, because uh, she her thing, yeah, she's uh, evidently she runs this uh, like a settlement or something, yeah, or encampment. Yeah. It's yeah, like a workout post. Also, I was talking about the Beast Girl that I saw, and I thought it was in the opening, but it's actually in the ending sequence. And the reason I couldn't find it is because the previous episode didn't have that ending sequence. <laughs> Didn't have the ending credits animation. It was just a black screen. But this one has it again. And it's and it's a bunny girl or whatever. Yes. Uh, bunny ears. Yeah, sure. We'll go with bunny. Yeah. Look, close enough, okay? Yeah, I guess. 
What do you want from me? Um, she is rabbit esque. Okay, yes, I, uh, I can live with that. So sort of yeah, rabbit so, yes, 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 yes. Oh, sorry. Sort of not a whole lot to dig deep in with this episode, particularly. Um, It was mostly sort of a breather episode with Rico and Reg getting their bearings in um, sort of level two of the Abyss. Well, they just reached reached level two uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. They were sort of at, like, the near bottom layer of level one. My bad. Yes. Um. Yeah, yeah, sort of getting their bearings at at the bottom of level one, um, and having some exposition with uh, ha- Habo, Habog, whatever. <laughs> I give up. You were close enough. Uh, uh, and um, sort of like uh, getting a sort of glimpse at what struggles their journey will bring in the future. So, not a whole ton of anything to look at in depth, um, but it was enjoyable nonetheless. Yes. Four. Yeah, I give it a four. Solid episode. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable giving it a four as well. Aaron? Uh, I didn't watch it. Oh, right. Yeah, you're, I can't, I remember you're not actually watching the show because you've, you've been reading the manga, right? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on to Shokoku no Altair, episode four. Yep. Where uh, where our main character spends a lot of his time making bad decisions and then getting saved from them by other people. <laughs> well, this is a learn by doing experience, and he's doing it. I think he's learning. It's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because let, let us count the ways in which he fails. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's the whole thing, is that he's like, he's a smart guy, but he, like, there's a lot he doesn't understand. and Yeah, so, he doesn't have much practical experience. Yeah. <clears throat> So, like, this whole series is a process of him learning what he needs to. Yeah, his grasp on reality sometimes is not uh, too terribly solid. Yeah, I agree. I just, I just think it's also, like, kind of funny when, especially during the action scene at the end, um, he makes several bad decisions in quick succession. So, like, first... He attacks a bag that's get thrown out of thrown at him, falling for the exact same trick that he did to another person, which the lady calls him out on specifically. Yep. Uh, he gets saved from that. He gets saved from birds devouring him alive. Uh, goes goes off screen to like wash him, wash all the like meat off of him. Uh, comes back. Uh, Rushes into attack and gets his, like, bird whistle destroyed, uh, and nearly gets murdered by a whip sword. <laughs> Has to get saved again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just, it was just pretty funny. It's like, man, dude, this is just not your day, is it? <laughs> Well, you know, the only thing I was thinking is when he, he went and took that little bath, I was just hoping he didn't do it in the community fountain and they have to deal with that in the morning. 
Yeah, it's like, oh great, now we have a bunch of blood in our fountain. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, well, you're fine. Great, this is sanitary. There it's you not go. Like That's we the don't word already. It's not like we don't already have problems with proper water sanitation back back in ye olden times. <laughs> but you know what? I I thought this was going to be kind of a duddy show, but it's it's another one of those ones that are it's becoming sneakily uh, captivating. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, and I I do think like as comical as his mistakes have been, like it's I don't feel like they've been realistic or overblown or. Sorry, I don't think they've been unrealistic or overblown or anything. Like, he's just he just doesn't have much experience, so he's just kind of being a he's kind of just making some dumb mistakes. Uh, he's growing um, growing up as a rookie. You could say he's Camille esque in that way. Just he just needs a he just needed a good slap from the bright Noah equivalent in uh, this show. Um, but yeah. yeah. Oh, but I'd much, I'd much rather prefer a protagonist that makes mistakes and then learns from them than one that's either just too stupid and always needs saving or, or is just always like good at everything. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And so far, that's what this character has been. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a knock against the show at all. I just think it's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I've, I've been, I've read the manga for this and yeah, he, uh. Yeah, later on, he steps up. Well, it would be the ideal thing to do, because if not, that's not much of the story that you want to tell. Yeah, I uh, I like this episode quite a bit. Um, there was a little much exposition for my liking. I There were a few times when I zoned out a bit, um, or near, like, sort of around the halfway point, I'd say. But other than that, pretty solid, so I'll give it a four. Yeah, I'll give it a four as well. I can go with that. All right, so Larry, Ben, you two uh, got around to watching Cheerfruits, episode four. What did you think of it? Right, yeah, so the, so, right, so the whole thing about this series is, you know, it's about, it's about a bunch of, uh, you know, it's about a bunch of girls who, uh, who start up a, Basically, in order to revive their, in order to revive their, you know, declining uh, town, they, uh, you know, they they basically start they start doing uh, hero shows. Where it starts out in the first episode, it starts out with you know the main character just you know putting on a hero show just to to cheer up her sister, who because uh, like there was supposed to be a hero show. But that got canceled, and her sister was really sad. So she's like, "Okay, I'll put on a show for you." And you know, and she does that, and it gets <laughs> and it gets uploaded, and so it attracts attention. And so they're like, "Okay, yeah, we can uh, do this hero show thing. We can take it further, you know, and use that to like attract attention to our town." And of course. Seems- because in this in this setting, like every like you know every town of note like has their own kind of hometown hero, which you our know. Trevor band duplicates a town or similar duplicates a town, and they kind of get called on it, so they have to come up with their own shtick. <laughs> oh right, yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was one of the things because like in the first episode they just like you know, they use like an existing you know, they just put on a show using an existing like hero franchise, uh Kami Dio. Uh yep. and then so like and then they put on they basically like well just file off the serial numbers and do this uh Kaju Dio thing. But then of course but then after that, you know, after that gets uploaded they get a cease and desist from the yep. uh from the Kami Dio people saying, Yeah, don't do that anymore, please. Yeah. So they have to actually come up with their own idea. And they do a good job of it. And of course, uh, grandma pushing uh, the one character's grandma pushing them who she's the mayor or the some anyway, she's high up in the going, Yeah, yeah, do this because we, we need to help. The town's going down the toilet in a hurry. Yeah, and so what I like about this show is like is like the characters all have like understandable motivations and like everything like everything that happens like naturally follows from what happened before they don't just like things don't just come out of nowhere everything makes sense like the whole thing is the whole show is very well constructed and the characters are really likable and I am really enjoying it. I, the first episode I found um, a, a little uh, clunky, and that clunky wasn't the word I used the other night. But yeah, it. But it's gotten better from there. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. I don't know if we're going to keep reviewing it, but uh, it's fun. Yeah, I uh, I recommend it. Uh, I'm basically you know giving the episode so far fours. Yeah, it's, I could go with that. They're not outstanding, but compared to some of the stuff we've seen, they're uh, they're much better than uh, what's we're having to look at lately. So yeah, I can go with the fours. All right, so uh, that'll do it for uh, this week's episodes. Um, next week, I'm gonna watch Kizumonogatari Part Three. Um, I'm not sure, uh, I might just record that separately with Ben so we can do kind of a spoiler cast on it so that way we don't have to be like, and now turn off the podcast, uh, and just release it as like a separate episode, um, sort of where we can talk about episode three and part three and also the, the ser- the movie series as a whole. I think that would be, that'd be a nice way of doing it. Um, but yeah, uh. I oh crap! I just realized that I forgot to make a little intro segment near the beginning of this episode to introduce uh, Luke and I talking about um, uh, in another world with my smartphone. Hi, and welcome to another segment of Luke and I watch bad anime. It's kind of a mouthful, but it's all I've got right now. Yeah, we should probably come up with a, a better one. Yeah, I'll think of something maybe. Yeah, if I've got time. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, this this week we watched In Another World with my smartphone, yet another mm-hmm. member of the isekai genre that has been popularized by the, uh, you know, masterpiece that is Sword Art Online. Right, which you showed me and a few other people a list of, like, light novels coming out, and a million of them were, like, this type of thing. yeah. Um, I think my favorite one, though, and I'm paraphrasing the title of it, but it was like, 
I'm in another fantasy world and my mother's special attack does 999 damage? Yeah, yeah. I think it's the normal attack. It's something like that, but yeah, it was wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I just love... I don't know what that is, but I almost kind of hope it gets made into an anime because I love the visual of just an entire show where it's the main character just has to go get his mom every time there's a monster. Yeah, like, honestly, that is, of the ones I gave you, that is the one I really wanted to see as well uh, yeah. get adapted just because I'm, I really just want to know what that's about. <laughs> right, that's just such a ridiculous title. Oh, wait, no, here we go. It's, do you like my, do you like your mom? Her normal attack is two attacks at full power. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> That's so much better than what I was saying. <laughs> Our normal attack is two attacks at full power. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, yes. <laughs> anyway, let's anyway. talk about a show with a much less interesting title. Right, an extant show instead of one we hope exists. Yeah, I desperately hope exists. Yeah. Oh, jeez. This was not as outrageous as I thought it was. No, be. I I didn't hate it. Of the isekais I have seen, it is among the least offensive. Yeah, I mean it's still like very much just complete just escapist fantasy bullshit, but Yeah. It, like- it seems like it's kind of like in on the joke, sort of? A little bit. I, I do like how it just opens with the dude already dead and God saying, my bad. Right. And God just being like, hey, man, I f***ed up. Uh, gonna bring you back to life. You can't go back to where you're from, but you get to go to Magic Land. That's cool, right? Yeah. Also, also, I will enhance all of your abilities to beyond normal. Right. Also, you're gonna be awesome. Um, and you get one <laughs> special request. And this... I, I kind of like this milk toast protagonist just because he's so much like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> like, he's not, like, like uh, anxious constantly or, like, you know, uh, wishy-washy. He's just like, all right, this is happening, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's like, yeah, Why also, not? can I just have my cell phone? <laughs> right, yeah. God, like, literally God is in front of him, like, you can have anything you want. He's like, hmm. I do want to be able to keep up on Twitter still. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, you know, it's not it's not really a bad choice, to be perfectly right. honest. Like, right. you can do a lot with a cell phone in a fantasy world. Right, especially because, like, it still works, even though it does it wouldn't make sense to. He's just like, yeah, it'll be magic, don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, God's, yeah, that's literally God's explanation. Yeah, and, like, he just wakes up, like, under a tree... And his phone starts ringing, and just it says "call incoming call from God," which is a pretty good visual. Yeah. Uh, and also, they explain how he like gets money immediately by this dude just coming along who just happens to own a clothing store. Like yeah. seeing his school uniform and being like, "I've never seen clothes like that. Sell me your clothes." Right. Yes. And then, like, he takes his clothes off to sell them. He's like, sell me your underwear, too! Yeah. <laughs> I must know what this so-called fruit of loom is. I need them to, like, go- have a mini story arc where they go away to do some quest and come back. And everyone in this town is wearing school uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, like, caught on as a trend. Yeah, that would be really good. 
Uh, so, of course, since this is a wish fulfillment show, he almost immediately meets two hot teenage girl twins. Right, yes. And it's like, it feels like they wanted to go for, like, oh, the, like, brash, sassy one and the, like, shy, withdrawn one. But instead it's just, like, the extremely moe girl and the slightly moe girl. Yeah, they're both mostly the same. Like, I right. barely could tell them apart. Like, the dialogue makes it sound like one of them is supposed to be, like, a very, you know, like, in-your-face kind of, I'm gonna get you. But she's just kind of normal. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much differentiation. No. <laughs> they She just doesn't blush as much as her sister. Yeah, exactly. And they, like, explain all the rules of magic to him after he saves right. them from, like, people who felt they got, like, uh, ripped off. Because apparently they're right, selling yeah. a magic artifact. Right, he beats up these people because God made him, like, not super strong, but, like, he's just very good at everything now. Yeah, he's just super skilled at everything. Like, not, yeah. like, Superman. He's, he's like, if he's, ba- he's ba- basically Batman, but not as rich yet. Batman or, like, Captain America. He's at the physical peak in every way. Yeah. Um, but then it turns out he can use every kind of magic because he's a special boy. Yeah, the specialist boy. They're like... Which, again, at, at least it's not like, oh my god, you're the destined special boy. It's literally, uh, God feels bad for me, so he made me a special boy. Yeah, instead, yeah, he's, he doesn't really say that. It's, it's the girls going like... Oh my gosh, you can use all of the six crystals? I've only ever seen people able to use three, and they're super rare. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that part of it gets a little like, ah, come on. But yeah. other than that, like, it has a little, like, it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah, it's mostly just kind of inoffensive and predictable. Yeah, inoffensive and predictable, and occasionally, like mildly funny like not i'm not rolling in my chair or anything but it's like oh that's kind of cute and funny sure yeah it had it had way more eye catches than i'm used to yeah it is an eye catch like every two minutes which that part i'm not clear on yeah it's it's, it's almost like it's treating itself like a skit show where it's like yeah, all right now yeah. we're gonna do this scene and then we're gonna end on a joke that has an eye catch associated with it Right. Which, the thing I would be most worried about with this show, if I was going to keep watching it, which I probably won't. Yeah, why uh, would you? Yeah, exactly. Well, like I said, it was it was okay. It was it was a, it was a solid 7 out of 10. But my concern oh, would be... 7 is be, generous. I think, I, yeah, like I said, it, like you said, it's inoffensive. Like, it's fine. Like, I wasn't... I was mildly entertained while watching it. <laughs> uh, but the thing I'd be concerned about is if it just turned into, like super directionless meandering whatever oh yeah like i i feel like it would get it, it like it gets a lot of points for me just on charm and i think that charm would wear off fast yeah probably um yeah i, I felt like one unless this was just purely like slice of life kind of goofiness then right. yeah i expect it would very wear out as welcome if it tried to get into like actual fantasy drama yeah um but yeah like to me uh Sort of like I'm comparing it to like Knights and Magic, which is also an isekai that is airing this uh, season. Sure, which I reviewed on um, uh, with the other co-hosts. And uh, well, and I think the big difference between you and me too is 
I'm not exhausted with the cliches that this show is, you know, using. Yeah, like that that's true. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of it. Right. Um, but yeah, Knights and Magic at least has the premise of giant robots to interest me. Sure. Because it's basically like, what if what if Mecca but a fantasy world? Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like spells worked like calculus. Uh, and so Knights and Magic has at least that going for it. Whereas with uh-huh. in another world with my smartphone, like it's it's not bad, but also it doesn't really have right. anything to bring me back to it when compared yeah. with anything else in its genre. Yeah, that that's that's what it comes down to. Is like I I didn't hate this. It was fine. I kind of liked it even, but also it's it's just pure fluff in a way that like. I'm going to forget every detail about this in a day. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're really looking for another isekai, this is certainly one of the better options I've seen. But also, like, if you really don't care that much and are just looking for good anime, there's literally no reason to watch Another World with my smartphone. If you you need some empty anime calories, this (laughs) will will fill you up. Yeah. Uh, So I'll, I'll have to choose something like... As as Gem and the Holograms would say, truly outrageous. Yeah, we need some trash, Dustin. Yeah, look, I'm trying, okay? <laughs> Let's see. I, I might I might have to dig into a previous season yeah. uh, to get something since a lot of stuff this season, like, isn't super terrible. It's just mostly right. like at worst it's just, yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. Uh, so I may actually have to go back to it. Let, let's see. I what... mean, listen, this one was called "In Another World" with my smartphone. I can I can appreciate why you chose it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the title alone certainly uh, is something to behold. Um, man, I there's got to be something from. Pre- there's got to be something. Got to be something for the previous season. Man, <laughs> I I almost just <laughs> so that. While I'm looking, I do have to tell you there was a show last season that re- that we reviewed all of it called Kato the Right Answer, which looked like mm. it was going to be sort of this down to earth uh, show about a uh, alien showing up who's like a fourth dimensional, like a fifth or sixth dimensional entity who uh-huh. uh, like sort of super advances uh, Earth with uh, their technology, uh-huh. and like it ended with. Now, I do like how you described it as a down-to-earth show where it's six-dimensional alien well, show. Yeah, but it, like, it, it seemed like it was going to try and, you know, do something fairly realistic with that premise. Like, how would... Right, you, how would you that thought you were getting a effect? rival in anime form. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it, it ended up being, like, the finale basically had the hybrid daughter of, a six, of another six-dimensional entity and the main character like doing dbz fights with the evil alien <laughs> i mean were they like, good dbz fights yeah it was it was real weird <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway let's see here oh man this one is i'm looking at last season this one is called love tyrant okay all right okay this is hmm a beautiful what? girl named Guri who has a mysterious item that forces two random people to kiss and turns them into couples appears in front of in front of high of uh, in front of high school student I know Seiji. Here we go. Despite being dressed up as a Shinigami translator note, Death God. 
That, Just that... write Death God, you shit. <laughs> She's actually Cupid. Suddenly, Guri tries to kiss Seiji, and then... Dot, dot, dot. Unavoidable and uncontrollable. A forceful love comedy that starts with an angel and a kiss. Alright, I think we might have a winner. Alright, I will post that in the Skype chat. The first, love tyrant. The okay. first episode is titled, I'm Getting In On This. <laughs> well, I'm getting in on Love Tyrant. <laughs> Alright, I'll see you Wait, next. no, 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 no. Now, excuse me, Dustin. <laughs> episode one is titled, I'm Getting In On This Too, Cross Woe, Forbidden Love. Oh, sorry, I was only seeing part it's... of it. My bad. Oh my god, every title is like a ship. <laughs> Episode two is sniff sniff cross. The only one who may hurt Seiji Kun is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we found it. Yep. All right. This this will do. This will do, pig. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Luke, for yeah. your efforts this week. I'll see you of next course. time. Sounds good. Bye. Oh really? You actually watched that? Yeah, sure oh, did. I gave up after episode two. That show was uh, dull. I, I don't blame you. That was pretty much our exact reaction, too. It's like, for an isekai, this is one of the least offensive, but also there's literally no reason to watch it. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like... But but yeah, it's... Yeah, I'll, I'll, whatever. I'll show... just jam it into the very beginning, probably, and then listeners will be able to hear me talking about uh something they already listened to for that nice meta feel that i know all you listeners love i'm breaking the fourth wall baby um <laughs> have we lost control anyway, of this podcast yet no but give us we were never minutes. in control larry that's the secret i'm never in control uh um, anyway yeah listener no, questions we're gonna do those so huh? First of all, uh, we do we did have a big thing from Mark the One. Um, I'm not really going to go over it. Uh, Mark basically posted a big thing on uh, uh, some uh, some various political videos uh, that I will um, possibly take a look at. Um, and I appreciate uh, Mark's uh, endeavors to uh, give us things that uh, uh, show me stuff that he feels I'd be interested in. Uh, but also at the same time, um, it's, uh, I, tr- whenever I talk about political stuff on the show, I try to keep it centered toward, uh, uh political views that specifically, um, revolve around entertainment media. So whenever I talk about my political views, I try it into it within the context of entertainment media. So... Sort of just like general politics, I try to stay away from because that is a rabbit hole that I'd rather not go down. Um, so I try and keep it focused. Uh, so I appreciate um, the the write up you made, Mark. Uh, but also, there's there kind of wasn't a question there. <laughs> uh, it was mostly just asking us uh, asking me to uh, review uh, some a couple YouTube videos. Um, in absence of that, uh, I will say that um, a couple uh, leftist uh, figures I do like, uh, leftist and feminist figures I like to uh, watch YouTube, uh, watch on YouTube are uh, H Bomber Guy, 
who does a variety of very good um, analysis videos that range from um, sort of uh, takedowns of uh, alt-right arguments to um, very in-depth breakdowns of uh, specific video games like uh, Fallout 3 or Bloodborne um, to... Uh, to shows like uh, Sherlock. Uh, he recently did a video on the BBC Sherlock uh, miniseries starring uh, Martin Freeman and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, which I felt was an extremely good breakdown of all the problems that show had. Uh, so I'd absolutely recommend H-Bomber Guy um, if, if, you, if you share a like if if you listen to me speak and you you uh, tend to agree with me on things, I think you will like the stuff that H Bomber Guy has to say, or at least find them interesting, even if you don't agree with me. Uh, and I also like to watch uh, Sean, formerly of Sean and Jen. Um, I'll probably post their channels in the show notes, uh, but I, I watch both of their um, channels uh, quite often. But for the most part, I'm not going to get into that stuff unless it's a specific question about uh, politic, uh, political ideas <coughs> relating to uh, entertainment. Um, so I'll take that, but sort of not just politics in general. So that was just the thing that I wanted to get out there. So not every, not literally everything goes in listener questions, uh, but I do appreciate the effort. Um, so now Saul Dad had a question. Will you guys review the Castlevania anime? It's only four episodes. I was actually thinking of doing that. I will give it so, a try. I never played any of the games, so I would be kind of I have at attempted it. to, but never finished them because they're hard as balls. <laughs> so uh, I would be coming that's at... That's not true. You finished one of the the most recent one, the 3D oh, one on the, the 3D ones. The 3D ones barely count. Like, <laughs> yeah, I finished that one. But, like, most people, when they talk about Castlevania games, they talk about, like, the 2D Castlevania games. Like, Symphony of the Night, or Aria of Sorrow, or whatever the heck. Portrait of Ruin. Those are, like, those are like the Castlevania games. And those things are brutal. Um, but, yeah. Count me out. Uh, so, uh, yeah. No, well, I feel like that would definitely be a, a great one to review, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I would be, like I said, I have never played any of the games, so I would be coming at it completely cold. Uh, yeah. so, yeah, it'll, uh, I'm totally willing to give it a try. Um, All you need to know is that one of the most imp- important characters is named Alucard, which is Dracula spelled backwards. <laughs> uh, that's, that is the, that is the writing we are dealing with here. <laughs> In the Castlevania franchise. Hey, come uh, on. I saw I saw Helsing. I'm done. Yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Man, Helsing, there's a show. Uh, <laughs> though I will not speak ill of Helsing for fear that Aaron will come to my house and murder me with a, a giant railgun uh, that he stole from the big titty vampire. <laughs> Uh, hey, Helsing um, Ultimate was awesome. She doesn't awesome. use a railgun; it's a cannon. Oh, it was a bo- it was a giant sniper rifle. <laughs> it's a giant cannon, yeah. All right. Was it's it like, like literally? Artillery. Was it literally like an artillery cannon? I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she'd use 
She used uh, two like artillery machine gun type things on the roof, oh, and then eventually right. she okay. used like just like a literal cannon cannon. Okay, yeah, now I remember. Okay, I I, I vaguely remember watching a couple episodes of Helsing Ultimate. <laughs> uh, anyway, I like it's it just for not... the delicious voice acting. Yeah, that's true. It's just not my style. Um, but yeah, we'll go <coughs> watch Castlevania because even if it's really bad, it seems like it'll be really bad in a way that we will be able to mine a lot of good material out of. So uh, anyway, uh, that'll be it for this episode of BakaCast. Sounds good Finally to be released from our Moe prisons. Um, ben. Dustin. Three, two, one. Kinabosh. I'm still on my same kick. Uh, watch anime much better than terrestrial television. See you later, bye.